You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yo 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe this was in the transcribed. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning african world you are listening to african perspectives here on the motherland media network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com and i am your host baba oshi hotep family hope everything was well for you today hope you're gonna have a good day hope you had a good weekend this uh decorations day memorial weekend and you had a lot you had a chance to do a lot of things you wanted to do should do must do can do and will do and I hope the weather was accommodating in some parts of this country. It is always accommodating to some degree or not. In some parts, 
It ain't accommodating at all. But hey, you still got to do it and do it safely. So it must be done. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. But of course, there's a shortcut if you want to use Internet Explorer or Firefox or whatever search engine that you use, use that search in engine and put in babaoshi.net. B A B A O S H I.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Kwaku. Appreciate you, man. You know it. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Mondays, Monday evening from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with Dr. Kamal Kambon, Dr. Mawia Kambon, and their daughter, Nataki Kambon. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10 on Tuesdays. And then, what's up, Kwaku? You got it, brother. How are you? I'm well. <laughs> uh, on Wednesdays, the Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9, the Black Farmers Report. And then on Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again on Sunday at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Brothers and sisters, get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. Products are produced by us. We're selling them. We should be supported. You know, there's always had that, that one thing that I always rail against, the fact that they've been trying to have us pull our money to get a black supermarket here in the Atlanta area. It's a damn shame. All these folks, all of us here, and we don't have a black supermarket in this community. I ain't talking about the city. I'm talking about even in the metropolitan area. I'm talking about where there's areas where it's all us, gated communities, subdivisions, cul-de-sacs, whatever, and beautiful uh, communities where the lawns are manicured, the house inside of it is immaculate, and yet we're, we don't pull our money together and say, hey, let's build a strip mall uh, about you know three more or five miles down the road where we all can shop at. So we won't have to go 15, 20 miles and give our money to you-know-who. And we can provide jobs for our children. Yeah. Anyway, we buy black. <laughs> Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayimba, he is in Ghana. He will be returning on the 5th. And so he's been there since the 24th. He's in Ghana at the repatriation and investment tour in Ghana. And uh, Brother Bomani is just, man, just beautiful brother, man, believe me. And when he comes back, well, when I come back too, we'll have him on the program because he doesn't leave again until November. November 17th is the next tour. 
November 17th to the 28th, going to Tanzania. That's still $3,800. And then December 24th to January 5th, 2023, Ghana, going to Ghana again. And that's $4,000, increase of $200. And then March 31st to March, excuse me, March 31st to April 10th. This was the one that was postponed. And that is going to Senegal and Gambia. Senegal and Gambia. Speaking of Gambia, um, Sister Shanice, I'll be on Sister Shanice's program on Saturday morning, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, hey, but she's broadcasting from uh, Gambia. She's broadcasting from Gambia, but she's out of the UK. Sister Shanice, and I'll have her on this program in the very near future. So Senegal and Gambia, March 31st to April 10th. And that's still $3,800. And then um, Ghana, once again, May 24th to, I know it's the same dates, May 24th to June 5th, 2023. And that's going to uh, be be $4,000 going to Ghana. July 20th through the 29th, 2023, Liberia, $3,800. And then November 16th, not the 17th, November 16th to the 27th, 2023, $3,800 going to Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, South Africa, going to South Africa. Go to the website because on the website, there's everything that you need to make a trip of a lifetime. There's also opportunities for uh buying land, opportunities for investment, repatriation, the African, Pan-African community that is in Ghana, all kinds of good stuff. So Africa for the African brothers and sisters. If you want to see vote uh, photos, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani if you want to see photos. And if you want to see videos, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007 Africa for the Africans dot org. Habashaw, habashawincorporated.org, brothers and sisters, Habashaw Stellan stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And that's vitally important. Vitally important. It's a pan-African organization that is definitely necessary. You know, they have the programs of the Habashaw Works Program. There's a lot of sustainable agricultural programs, black tar roots, sustainable seeds, golden growers, urban green jobs. But one of the main programs that they have is the Kashi Project that is in Ghana, beautiful, beautiful chalets. They've been built beautiful land. They're having a launch where you can physically go there October 8th through the 17th. October 8th through the 17th this year to Ghana, West Africa and see for yourself the Kashi program that they have built. So org. Check it out. The LEDGE program. LEDGE stands for the Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. LEDGE, Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. They deal in four areas of human existence of food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects on six countries in six countries with over 170 employees with over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the LEDGE group. And if you do, you can buy land in Tanzania. For $250 an acre, you can drop a G down and have four acres of land in Tanzania. And you know how beautiful Tanzania is. Hell, you might be buying some land at the, and, the, and your backdrop is Kilimanjaro. You know, or Serengeti. You might look out there and see 
giraffes and things, you know. That's Africa. The Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. Bibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Bibiatumi.com. Brothers and sisters, go to Bibiatumi.com and make it a favorite. Uh, all kinds of good things they have on Bibiatumi.com. Community diversity, community diversity, uh, language programs. You can buy um, all kinds of good stuff. So abibiatumi.com, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. Smy Pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, go to Smy Pharmacy. Check it out. Brother Jabril, you want to give him a call because uh, the program, if you're looking at uh, trying to do some change in your lifestyle, some doing things holistically, maybe get off those meds, you know, and uh, check out Smy Pharmacy. Give Brother Jabril a call at 731 327 6229 at 731 63 excuse me 731 327 6229 <laughs> smy pharmacy if you want to drop him an email smy pharmacy s m a i f a r m a c y at gmail.com that's s m s m a i f a r m a c y at gmail.com uh, yeah. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located right here in Atlanta in the West End on Ralph David Abernathy, right down the street from where I live on, on Cascade. And so uh check it out. They have delicious smoothie and fruit drinks and all kinds of good stuff. And on Saturday and Sunday even have vegan dishes for sale. All kind of pastries and wraps and so forth at Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located right across the street from the Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, here in the West End. The Medu Bookstore in the West End Mall. I'm sorry. The Medu Bookstore is not in the West End Mall, Oshi. I know that. I know it's in the Greenbrier Mall. My bad family. <laughs> the Medu Bookstore located in the Greenbrier Mall. Call, give Mama Nia a call if there's a book you're looking for. And if she doesn't have it, she'll get it for you. Believe me, her number is 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. Okay. <laughs> she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, gift certificates, all kind of good stuff. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenboro Mall. The Black Dog Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. Oh, shucks. I got to write that damn number down. But I was uh, there for Baba Baruti's presentation on identity. Outstanding. Had a good crowd. Uh, Everything was great at the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore. It was good to see Brother Kazimde. You know, I haven't seen him since uh, quite a few months, you know. But um, it's great. It is great. And uh, give him a call at, uh, I'll get the right number because this number here is not working. But. There is light in the black dot. So you, if you're in the uh, east of Atlanta, in Lithonia, check out the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore on Main Street in Lithonia. Afroletics has a store in the new Greenbrier Mall that's up the street from the Black Dot off of I-20 East and in Stonecrest. So if, if you just stay on 20 going east, Get off on exit 75 at Stonecrest, excuse me, at Turner Hill Road. 
make a right. Three lights, make another right, and there will be on the left the new Black Wall Street market. Uh, Afroletics has a store in there. Uh, so does my good brother, Saji Fo. Saj has a store in there. So is my good brother, Mike McGee Jr. He has his CBD store up in there, you know, and other stores are opening. I think they said they finished the uh, supermarket. So I, I haven't been in in a while, so I got to go check it out. The new Black Wall Street market located in Stonecrest. Us lifting us, us lifting us to economic development, cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night from 9 to 10. Us lifting us. Brothers and sisters, you can go online to blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. The name of the program is Dare to Win. Or you can call 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Homeland Village, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abija has a beautiful establishment and it is packed with all kind of good stuff. There's furniture, there's clothing, there's a, there's even a vegan restaurant in the place. Man, I'm telling you, you got oils, incense, jewelry, Pan-African fashions. Man, he has it all. It's a one stop. Believe me. 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon. Give Brother Abija a call at 478. 2561166 that's 4782561166 Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon Georgia Sun Goddess Sense Sun Goddess Sense your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park Georgia inside the International Discount Mall booth 225 give sister Shelly Almond said a call at 404 434 7963 that's 404 Four three four seven nine six three. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, uh, Sister Gabriel really has been doing an outstanding job of, 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 you know, supporting our young children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Brothers and sisters, if you understand what's happening in Haiti and any other parts of other of the world, they don't have safety nets. They rely on brothers and sisters like ourselves to donate, you know, because that money that goes into Port-au-Prince doesn't go up towards the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, and they need it. But if you go to the website, sanjay-haiti.org, S-O-N-J-E-Haiti-A-Y-I-T-I.org, and look at the beautiful children they do. Four areas, that's education, health care, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship. Check them out. Baba Baruti, that's right, my good friend Baba Baruti and Mama Yah Baruti, uh, I'll tell you, they, uh, um, they were they were at the Black Dot this past weekend, and uh, just just beautiful, everything turned out so well, and uh, great presentation on identity, I read, his, I read parts of his book on the program, and we'll, and we'll continue to do so, and of course, you know, I always read the N.A. Say Sim, so, but Give Baba Baruti and Mama Baruti support. Send your check or money order out to Ackerman Institute, P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia 30310. That's Ackerman Institute, P.O. Box 10786, 30310, Atlanta, Georgia. Or you can use PayPal, Yah Baruti, 
Y-A-A-B-A-R-U-T-I at Yahoo for PayPal or the the dollar sign Yah Y-A-A the letter M Baruti B-A-R-U-T-I for Cash App and make your donations that way one time or ongoing whatever the case could be and also to their books at, at uh, Akaban House AkabanHouse.com um they they have the up uh, this Saturday this Saturday they have the uh, complimentarity let me pull that up there there it goes I can see it <laughs> Akaban Institute's 8th annual complimentarity conference African Love Celebrating Lessons Learned this Saturday from 4pm to 7pm it's an online okay and there will be other couples on besides the Baroudis and questions and answers. It's $35 a couple, $20 per adult, and $10 per teen. Okay? And if you want to use Cash App or PayPal, PayPal, Yah Baroudi at Yahoo, or Cash App dollar sign, Yah M Baroudi. If you want to give them a call, 404 753 7237. That's 404 753 7237 this Saturday, the 8th Annual Complementarity Conference. All right, brothers and sisters, I love the Baroudis. They're good people. And they've been, they've been teaching our young children, our warriors, to be. They're producing good young men and women, believe me. I've been very impressed with our community here in Atlanta since I moved here. They have embraced me as a as an elder, <laughs> uh, Baba Oshi. <laughs> and hey, well, you know, those are titles that are earned. And you can call yourself brother, brother Oshi or whatever, but I don't call myself Baba. They call me Baba, you know? And because of people I call Baba, I've seen what they have done. It is deserved, it is earned. You know, just like nicknames, you don't give yourself a nickname. People nickname you because of how you are and who you are and what you've done. You know, yeah. So, the Enye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. I got two good ones here, really. I always do. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the Enye Sesim. No matter what my topic is, I go there and it's like it's like on point. You know. But this is an interesting one from Iceberg Slam. That's right. That Iceberg Slam. The white liberals are the indispensable agents of the white race. It is they with their mastery of base emotion, their sophisticated analysis of nigger psychology that permits them to project a nigger psychology that, that permits them to project a merciful, sympathetic image. This is vital so they can harass beleaguered Negro or nigger ministers and other so-called black leaders can have such a source to which they can appeal to the white liberals. (laughs) Iceberg slim. White liberals are self-anointed saviors. They hunger for activity, activated carbon to feed their monochromes lives. Needing proof of life from those without self-possession or memory. They search for pets to leash 
who they will make them appear human. And aching to be worshipped, liberal landmines opened their ministry to those aching to worship. As missionaries proselytizing Urugu's ideas of mission, they seek out those cultural clones most susceptible to a softer, subtler insanity. As agents of whiteness, these liberals are now comfortably revealing themselves as they slither through our hood, leaving lines of slime, encircling what they re-steal with nooses renamed belt lines. Mm. Mm. I hope y'all heard that. Because I know that's what's happening here in Atlanta with this gentrification. They cruise our sacred spaces checking for defenses and easy targets. Properties and people to steal. When caught white <laughs> when caught white-handed, they issue apologies to pacify the blind. Desperately frisking eyes and measuring body language, they search for hidden signs of friend or foe. They consciously avoid the glare of those who know what they are until they can use aliens or allies to make them more. They pretend not to feel the righteous rage burning from back down in the hell from whence they came. They establish armor outposts of invader guardians, quick responders to in-fort awakenings, shuffling authority back into the white hands. They turn neighborhoods into disassociated financial killing fields. Affirm, I know that liberal Urugu and st- is still Urugu. Affirm, I know that liberal Urugu are still Urugu. They are who they are. It don't matter. Conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republic, independent. It's Urugu. It's European who believe in European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege. May 30th, we are a people of beginnings, of culture, of strength. Not always have we given into the empty threats and sacred tactics of the powerless ones. Not always have we allowed the blood of our sons and daughters to color the streets while we are walking asleep, marching to the beat of their siren song. Sunni, the, the poetess, Sonny Patterson. Some of us are actually so confused, desperate, and limited in our thinking that we believe that meaningless, destructive argumentation against ourselves is really fruitful in the midst of war. So many of us will even try to talk Urugu out of its Asili and Negroes and lost souls out of their mentocidal reverence for them. Such individuals operate within the lie that science logic is not a political and that it is self-correcting. For this reason, they can understand neither the intent nor vision of either of these predatory groups. Whether consciously or not, it is telling that these great debaters never take the time to ask themselves whether or not the discussion or its outcome serves our interests in any unconditionally, permanently empowering way. They never ask if it has ever produced any meaningful, lasting change in the magnitude of our oppression. We must grasp the fact that insanity is clearly insanity. It undermines the possibilities of having a real discussion. This is not to belittle 
conversing. Communication is required for fluid frontline movement. It is only a request that warriors give deeper consideration to whom they deliver our troops and why they would be engaging us in any form of dialogue in the first place. Affirm, I do not sleep while on duty. Affirm, I do not sleep while on duty, brothers and sisters, the inye sasem of daily revolutionary thought. Ah, uh, yeah. Today is Monday. This Wednesday, um, I'm not going to do announcements. I'm going to go right to my guest. My guest will be Brother Reggie Jackson, um, brother from Milwaukee, who is a docent. Yeah, he gives tours at America's Black Holocaust Museum. He was doing that when uh, the curator, the brother who founded America's Black Holocaust Museum, Dr. James Cameron, was still with us. And uh, Brother Reggie Jackson, dynamic brother, writes a number of articles. And so I caught a hold of a couple and uh, gave him a call because he's been on before. So we're definitely going to have him come on and uh, talk about a few things. I look forward to it. You know, so this Wednesday. And then Friday, I'm gone, brothers and sisters. I'm gone again to New Orleans, New Orleans, for the uh, International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, Dr. Carl Holmes, Executive Development Institute, EDI, where we train uh, brothers and sisters to run fire departments. And that's the bottom line. You know, the program has reaped big benefits since its inception back in the 90s. And in fact, a sister who's the assistant chief of Milwaukee's fire department, Sister Sharon Pierrefoy Smoots, Dwayne Smoots, and he's the uh, he's a deputy chief, and she's the assistant chief. They live in large. <laughs> Love it, yeah. She both of them are, are graduates of EDI, and many of the brothers and sisters that you see around the country who've ascended to these positions are graduates of EDI. Some are not, but they've worked at EDI. They've, they've, they've uh, given instruction at EDI because the program is, you know, is highly successful and it's dynamic. In fact, I've often said this at our convention in New Orleans back in the early 90s. Uh, I've never been more proud of us than the day that um, it was announced because the National Fire Association and the U.S. Fire Administration came to New Orleans with the specific task of buying our program. We didn't sell out, brothers and sisters. We didn't sell out. You know, because we ain't never had no money. We ain't got no money now. But what we do have, and what we understood what we have, is a program that's going to elevate us in the fire service and has done that. The only misgiving is that it did not help us on an entry level. And so now, today, you know, you have cities that are like Chicago. Chicago has a, this is the third year that they've had an American African commissioner. And the, and the commissioner now is Sister Annette Nance Holt, who is one of the clerical people at EDI. Before that, you know, it was Rich Ford who worked at EDI. You know, and there's been many people who have been in those positions. Sister Rosemary Cloud here in, uh, in uh, the Atlanta area. She was. She became. She used to be on the Atlanta Fire Department with uh, when Chief Winston Miner uh, was the chief of the Atlanta Fire Department, and then she became the chief 
of East Point. She was appointed by Dr. Asa Hilliard's wife, Bessie Jo Hilliard. She was the mayor at the time, you know, and she appointed her and she became history making. She was the first American African woman, actually woman appeared to be a, a chief of a, of a major pay fire department in East Point, Georgia, Rosemary Cloud. In fact, right before I left for Ghana a couple years ago, they had they were dedicating a firehouse uh, that they had just built in East Point to her. Yeah, I just had finished uh, going through uh, the shots and so forth because I was leaving. I mean, I had to, man, I had to get to, you know, you got to get them. You got to get them. And so I was lucky to get them. And and then uh, that Friday, we dashed over to, from that point to, to, uh, to that new fire station. And there was Rosemary and a number of people that I know who came to witness that history in here in the southeast region of the IEBPFF. So anyway, uh, so Brother Reggie will be um, my guest on Wednesday, and I'll be gone Friday and all next week So, because it's a one-week program, and I'll come back ready to throw down again. I hope and pray, and I hope you, you'll be with me. And also, too, if you just want to hear some some more information about what we provide, because you know what we do here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is that we, you know, talk about independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. The model of this program is Pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. The um, great, it is, um, come on, man, what you trying to do here? Oh, come on now. Trying to get to my uh, presentation. You know, sometimes, brothers and sisters, for whatever reason, you know, these things don't work. (coughs) You know, they don't. Shucks. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, see, that helps. <laughs> there we go. And there it is. Thank you. This is the first Decoration Day. The first Decoration Day. Um, after the Civil War, there was a lot of bodies laid around in different areas and different battlefields and so forth. And brothers and sisters who... Uh, once the Civil War ended and declared that you are free, free to do what? To go where? You know, you know what's interesting, and, and I know um, people talk about the, free, the, the Civil War was to end our captivity. I, I truly beg to differ that, you know, even though that's the idea was that it ended our captivity physically because the fight was not about us the fight was that the south wanted to continue with the free labor economy of the south while there was an emerging industrialization of the north and so 
this divide was bad economically. And so that's why the war was fought for economic reasons. It was not fought, you know, because we were in captivity. Because if it was, and we became free, why were we treated so bad? Why were we treated so bad? It didn't matter where we were in the so-called continental United States. We were treated bad. Up north, out west, down south, northeast, whatever. Discriminated against. Degraded, demeaned. So the first first Decoration Day happened uh, because we felt good about what had taken place, no doubt, to get the physical captivity off us, you know, suffering from the sting of the lash. So all those bodies of Union soldiers that were laid around, we um, dug graves and we put flowers and we decorated those graves we had a march. This article is David Blight, and David Blight wrote a book on this, so we may go deeper into that. Uh, this the time frame, of course, is the 1800s, the 19th century, 1850 to 1865, and the People's History of Memorial Day in Charleston, South Carolina, during Reconstruction. America understands that Memorial Day or Decoration Day as my parents called it, has something to do with honoring a nation's war dead. It also has a date devoted to cookouts, road races, commencements, and baseball doubleheaders. But where did it begin? Who created it and why? As a nation, we are at war now. But for most Americans, the scale of death and suffering in this seemingly endless war, endless wartime beginnings to other people far away or to people in other neighborhoods. Collectively, we are not even allowed to see our war dead today. That was not the case in 1865. At the end of the Civil War, the dead were everywhere, some in half-buried coffins and some visible only as unidentified bones spewed on the killing fields of Virginia and Georgia and Alabama. Americans, North and South, faced an enormous spiritual and logistical challenge of memorialization. The dead were visible by their massive absence. Approximately 620 soldiers died in the war. American death and all other wars combined through the Korean through the Korean conflict after the Civil War. So you can look at the American Revolution, you can look at the War of 1812, you can look at all the other wars after the Civil War, the World War One and Two, Vietnam, not Vietnam, not Vietnam. It goes up to, to uh, Korea. That totals 606,000. The Civil War alone was 620,000. If the same number of Americans per capita had died in Vietnam as died in the Civil War, that number would be 4 million names would be on the 
on the memorial, on a percentage, on a per capita basis that died at the time of the Civil War. The most immediate legacy of the Civil War was its slaughter and how we remember it. War kills people and destroys human creation. But as though mocking war's devastation, flowers inevitably bloom through its ruins. After a long siege, a prolonged bombardment of months from all around the harbor, numerous fires, the beautiful port city of Charleston, South Carolina, where the battle had begun in April of 1861, laid in ruins by the spring of 1865. The city was largely abandoned by Caucasian residents by the late February. Among the first troops to enter and march up Meeting Street singing liberation songs was the 25th 1st U.S. Colored Infantry. Their commander accepted the formal surrender of the city. Thousands of American African Charlestonians, most former captives, remained in the city and conducted a series of commemorations to declare their sense of meaning of the war. The largest of these events, and unknown until some extraordinary luck in most recent research, took place on May 1st, 1865, during the final year of the war. The Confederates had converted the planter's horse track, the Washington horse race course, the Washington race course, and the jockey club into an outdoor prison. Jockey club. You know, around that time, most of the jockeys were us, too. Most of the jockeys in the Kentucky Derby, in the Belmont, all of these, Pimlico, in Baltimore, were us. That changed about 70, 80 years ago. That changed. I, I can't remember... I can't remember if there was, I'm quite sure it might have been one or two American African jockey, male or female. Yeah. To honor and to uh, unto an outdoor prison, Union soldiers were kept in horrible conditions in the interior of the track. At least 257 died of exposure and disease and were hastily buried in a mass grave behind the grandstand. Some 28 American-African workmen went to the site, reburied the Union dead properly, and built a high fence around the cemetery. They whitewashed the fence and built an archway over an entrance on which they inscribed the words, Martyrs of the Race Course. Martyrs of the Race Course. Then American-African Charlestonians, in cooperation with Caucasian missionaries and teachers, staged an unforgettable parade of 10,000 people on the captive holder's race course. The symbolic power of the low country planter aristocracy, the aristocrats, the racehorse, where they had displayed their wealth, their leisure, and their influence, was not lost on the freedmen. A New York 
Tribune correspondence witnessed the event, inscribing a procession of friends and mourners as South Carolina and the United States never saw before. Stop that. <laughs> At 9 a.m. on May 1st, the procession stepped off, led by 3,000 American African school children carrying armloads of roses and singing John Brown's body. The children were followed. Well, if you don't know who John Brown is, John Brown is the Caucasian who led the attack on Harper's Ferry, who even told Frederick Douglass, man, we, you know, get these folks to join me up, man. Let's, you know, gather up some arms. You know, Frederick Douglass. It's, nah. And of course, there's a movie you can watch. It's a movie. It's called Santa Fe Trail with Errol Flynn. And guess who is the man riding in on to save Errol Flynn's, Errol Flynn's ass? Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, you know. And there's a part in the movie, you know, I'm always digressing. There's a part in the movie where, um, see, Errol Flynn was under un, undercover. You know, and and they were on this plantation, and and they were trying to free these brothers and sisters. And so, this is the kind of deep propaganda here, but you know, you gotta gotta check this out. <laughs> so, so when they vamped on when he was when John Brown was trying to free them, the the troops vamped on them. And so they were fighting John Brown, and John Brown escaped. You know, unfortunately, he couldn't take any of the brothers and sisters with him. And so, you know, as they were bandaging up some of the wounded, and 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 the sister, Mammy, to the end, she says, "You know, from freedom, they try to take us to freedom. Well, you know, I I don't want that kind of freedom. You know, I just want to be here with y'all, be nice. You know, I was like, damn." <laughs> Yeah. So, John Brown. In fact, you know, what's interesting to me as I was analyzing things many years ago was they painted John Brown as a lunatic. When you see John Brown in, in, in um, some animations, you know, you know, he's looking fiery, you know, he's like, and, um, and then the question became, is John Brown crazy? Or what John Brown fighting against crazy? It's really rhetorical. You, you can give yourself the answer. Yeah, John Brown. Okay, here, let's see what we got here. I always got to unlock this thing now. That's really foul. <coughs> Excuse me. A New Yorker correspondent witnessed the event describing a procession of friends and mourners at South Carolina, United States, never saw before. At 9 a.m. on May 1st, the procession stepped off, led by 3,000 American African school children carrying armed. Loads of roses singing John Brown's body. The children were followed by several hundred American African women with baskets of flowers, wreaths, and crosses. 
Then came American African men marching in cadence, followed by a contingent of Union infantry and other American African and Caucasian citizens. As many, as, as many as possible, gathering in the cemetery enclosure, a children's choir sung, will rally around the flag and the Star Spangled Banner. And several spirituals before several American African ministers read from scripture. No record survives of which biblical passages rang out in the warm spring air that day, but the spirit of Leviticus 25 was surely present at those burial sites. For it is the Jubilee, for it shall be holy unto you. In the year of this jubilee, he shall return every man unto his own possession. Following the solemn dedication, the crowd dispersed into the infield and did what many of us do on Memorial Day. They enjoyed cookouts, picnics, listened to speeches and watched soldiers drill. Among the full brigade of Union infantry participant, participating was the famous 54 Massachusetts, that was the one, 54 Massachusetts, uh, the movie Glory. If you haven't seen Glory with Denzel Washington and um, uh, Morgan Freeman and many others, check out Glory and the 54 Infantry. Uh, Frederick Douglass's son was also an infantry in Glory. And of course, that infantry had a suicide mission to take Fort Sumter. Yeah. And the 34th and the 104th U.S. Colored Troops performed a special double columned march around the gravesite. The war was over and Decoration Day had been founded by American Africans in a ritual of remembrance and, and consecration. The war, they had boldly announced, had been all about the triumph of their emancipation over the captive republic and not about states' rights, defense of home, nor merely soldiers' valor and sacrifice, as as the Caucasians always sound about in the Civil War. Yeah, the, the flag is about states' rights and the defense of our home and, and our valor and the great sacrifices we made. Shut up. According to a remembrance written long after the fact, several slight disturbances occurred during the ceremonies on this first decoration day, as well as much harsh talk about the event locally afterwards. But a measure of how Caucasian Charlestonians suppressed from memory this founding in favor of their own creation of a practice later come 51 years afterwards when the president of the Ladies Memorial Association of Charleston received an inquiry about the May 1st, 1865 parade. A united, a united Daughters of the Confederacy official from New Orleans wanted to know if it was true that blacks had engaged in such a burial rite. Mrs. S.C. Beckwith responded tastefully, I regret that I was unable to gather any official information in answer to this. In the struggle over memory and meaning in any society, some stories just get lost while others attain mainstream dominance. Officially, as a national holiday, 
Memorial Day emerged in 1868 when John, General John Logan, commander-in-chief of the Army of the Republic, the Union veterans and organizations, called on all former Northern soldiers and their communities to conduct ceremonies and, dedic- and decorate graves of their deceased comrades. On May 30th, 1868, when flowers were plentiful, funeral ceremonies were attended by thousands of people in 183 cemeteries in 27 states. The following year, some 363 cities and towns in 31 states, including the South, arranged parades and orations. The observance grew manifold with time. In the South, the Confederate Memorial Day took shape on three different dates on April 1st, on April 26th, in many deep states, southern states. The anniversary of General Joseph Johnson's final surrender to General William Tecumseh Sherman. On May 10th, in the South, in North Carolina, the birthday of Stonewall Jackson. And on June 3rd, in Virginia, the birthday of Jefferson Davis. You know, Jefferson Davis. Over several, over time, several American towns, North and South, claim to be the birthplace of Memorial Day. But all of them commemorate commemorate ceremony decoration events from 1866. Pride of place as the first large-scale ritual of Decoration Day therefore goes to American Africans in Charleston. By their labor, their words, their songs, and their solemn parade of flowers and marching feet on their former captors' racetrack, they created for themselves and for us the Independence Day of the Second American Revolution. The old racetrack is still there. An oval roadway in Hampton Park in Charleston named for Wade Hampton, former Confederate general and white supremacist, redeemer, governor of South Carolina after the end of Reconstruction. The lovely park sits adjacent to the Citadel, the Military Academy of South Carolina. The cadets can be seen jogging on the old track any day of the week. The old gravesite dedicated to the martyrs of the race course is gone. Those Union dead were reinterred in the 1880s in a national cemetery in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. Some stories endure, some disappear, some are rediscovered in dusty archives, the pages of old newspapers and oral history. All of these stories has the first Decoration Day are but a prelude to history's reckoning. All memory is a prelude. David Blight. Yep, David Blight. There's another piece on it. I may play that later, his conversation about that to give you some more clarity. But um, yeah, that was deep. That was deep. And so I'm going to try my best to play because I think it's appropriate. Nina Simone. I know why I'm going to know how it feels to be free. And then after that, I'm going to play Donny Hathaway. Someday we'll all be free. And of course, I'm not sure why my, uh, why it's not allowing me 
to do it the way I want to do it. But I'm going to try my best to do it the way I can. So I always appreciate your patience. You know, I really do. I appreciate your patience and how I try to do things on here. Because, you know, I'm not I'm a neophyte on this, Jack. If it wasn't for Brother Kwaku, I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be talking to you. <laughs> but I'm glad I am. I'm glad I do it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I really am. And I thank you for listening. I really do. So, <laughs> that's right, brother. Give me some. <laughs> so, we're going to play Nina Sabone. How it feels to be free. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Wish I could share all the love. 
Simone. Now I'm gonna try my best to uh, see if I can get uh, the other piece that I'm gonna play to for you, which of course is <coughs> excuse me, Donnie Hathaway. I don't know why my um, music is acting this way, you know. But hey, we're gonna get through this. 
Yes, we are. We're going to get through this. So, Donnie Hathaway, one day we'll all be free. Taken from the same album. It's an idea that I hope we all can share in.
you give my band a big round of applause? You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Nina Simone. Yeah. Donnie Hathaway. One day we'll all be free. I wish I knew what it felt like to be free. You know? And of course, we here in the U.S. of A. And the dictates of what this system is. And that's why, that's why for me, you know, whatever they do, they're going to do. So I don't get too tripped out about it. You know, I'm more angry about it. Man, they, we did that first. They, they, we don't get no credit. I don't give a damn. You know, I'm serious. I don't want no credit. I don't want anything, uh, from any acknowledgement, any gratitude, any kudos from Europeans about anything that we've done because it's all benefit. It has always benefited them, not us. It always benefits them, and not us. So, you know. But. Um, Decoration Day, and I probably want to read a little bit more. And of course, you can give us a call. You can give us a call at 215 490 9832. And join this conversation that we're having here on this Decoration Day or Memorial Day, whichever way you want to call it. In fact, I don't know if you, you know if you're older as me. <laughs> You know, you remember when Memorial Day was on the 30th, whatever day that fell on, like many other days, uh, holidays. You know, I think in the late 60s, a holidation act came into existence and that they would put the particular holiday on a Monday, like Dr. King's birthday is the 15th, but it's the second Monday of January to give you a three-day weekend and it wouldn't cost as bad as making that holiday, say, for instance, in the middle of the week, like a Wednesday, breaking up the week. So, you, you know, they went to work on Monday and Tuesday and you got Wednesday off and you had to come back to work on Wednesday, on Thursday and Friday and, you know, to give you a three-day weekend. So, they, so that's when that started back in the late 60s. I think the first time happened on Memorial Day was in 71 on the last Monday of May would be Memorial Day the first Monday of September Labor Day you know the second Monday of January Dr. King's Day Veterans Day there's a few other holidays that that, that's uh, you know I don't know if they still call it Columbus Day and they shouldn't but I believe they probably do uh, that was October on a Monday. You know, that's interesting, isn't it? To me, the, these people have no feelings. They have they give less than a rat's ass. You know, 
So we have a day for conquerors, those who came and took people's shit, came in and just destroyed them, came in, brought disease, came in, brought war, came in and then brought famine for the benefit of Caucasians. So they get a day. That's that, you know, it's logical, isn't it? So we're going to give them a holiday for what they have done to genocide that happened to the Aqua people in what is now uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti, then called Ismaniola. Give them a holiday. You know? <laughs> the destruction of a people. Just like um, Decoration Day. But that first one has a, as a, the historian had chronicled what had happened. And I've learned about this many years ago, about longer than 10 years. I've been, I've been on this radio program, what, eight years? I've been here in Atlanta eight years, so eight years. But I learned about this long before that, you know, about Decoration Day. And, uh, and, I, and I guess for many of our people, we want to feel good and proud about something. I know uh, July is coming up, and of course, the 4th of July. <laughs> the 4th of July, about your independence, as Frederick Douglass says. What is your 4th of July to me? So, you know, I, I don't put anything, any stock or any time or anything about what we do in conjunction with them because it is theirs you know but we can celebrate you know in our own heart minds we can celebrate decoration day or memorial day we can talk about brothers and sisters who you know went to war because we fought in every war since the inception of this country we have fought in every war since the inception of this country. And all throughout those years, those centuries, it was never any benefit for us. We're over there fighting uh, people for democracy and can't get it at home. We're fighting and then when we come back, we, they're trying to kick our ass and lynch us even in the uniforms that were issued to us to go fight for them. Give me a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Have some conversation about what we're talking about here, dealing with here. Let me see if I can pull that up. Um, David Blight, who uh, wrote this article, he has a book called Race and Reunion, The Civil War in American Memory, and uh, offers a full chapter on the history of Memorial Day. Here is a published description of the book, which also helps to explain why Memorial Day stories shared in this article has been hidden from public memory, why they hide it, because, you know... 
Well, they hide it like everything else. They, we don't want to learn about no damn critical race theory. We don't want to make little white kids uncomfortable with our evil history. We want to give lies because <laughs> we can't handle the truth. No historical event has left as deep and in an imprint on America's collective memory as a civil war. In the war's aftermath, American, Americans had to embrace and cast off a traumatic past. 404, 404, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brother Oshie. Good afternoon, how are you? I'm good, this is Valerie Williams. I want to tell you this is my first time tuning in and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Well, thank you, a first time caller. All right, Val, thank you for calling in and even better uh, for listening and I appreciate this, I really do. I hope you're enjoying yeah, the information. I, I try my I best. Am. Thank you, dear. I tried to, I've I tried learned to, something today about the uh, about us first being the first one to start and celebrate Memorial Day. So exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. Always that, good to learn something new. Yes, thank it you. is. All right, but well, thank you, my dear. Just uh, if you want to, if you got a question or a comment or concern, please just unmute yourself by hitting star twice. Hit star twice. Okay. Thank okay. you for calling, dear. Thank you. All right, that's a. Sister, beautiful sister, a good friend of mine, the Allen family, just a great family. Uh, her brothers were firefighters. I seen Glenn um, a few weeks ago when I was in Milwaukee at the breakfast. Always good to see him. And, uh, man, what a beautiful family. What a beautiful sister, Val. And I look forward to seeing you because she, she lives near me, man. She lives right here in Atlanta. So it'd be, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing her and meeting her husband and everything like that. So. Thank her for calling in. So, yeah. Okay. In 1885, confronted with a ravaged landscape and torn America, the North and the South began a slow and painful process of reconciliation. The ensuing decade, the ensuing decades witnessed the triumph of a culture of reunion, which downplayed sectional divisions and emphasized the heroics of a battle between noble men of the blue and the gray. Nearly lost in national culture were the moral crusades over our captivity that ignited the war, the presence and participation of American Africans throughout the war, and the promise of emancipation that emerged from the war. Race and Remembrance is a story of how the unity of Caucasians was purchased through the increasing segregation of the black and the white memory of the Civil War. Blight delves deeply into the shifting meaning of death and sacrifice. Reconstruction, the romanticized South of literature, soldiers' reminiscences of battles, the, the idea of lost cause, and the ritual of Memorial Day. He resurrects, <coughs> excuse me, the variety of African-American voices and memories of the war and the efforts to preserve the emancipation's legacy in the midst of a culture built on its denial. Yep. I don't know if about, you know, he has a 20-minute, not 20-minute, oh, 18-minute piece that he speaks on it, but I'm not going to play it. The bottom line is this. Just like everything else, I would love 
that humanity recognizes humanity in people once they've given the proper information the correct information will go ahead and do what is right by humanity but as I say all the time Europeans suffer from cognitive dissonance once again they suffer from cognitive dissonance they have a core belief that they are superior they have established this and they have promoted and and, and, and romanticized this for hundreds of years it wasn't always like this brothers and sisters oh no oh no even in ancient times classical times you know even the Greeks and the Romans you know they understood who was bad we Africans you know but when they came out of that dark age even though we helped them even through that with the Moors in Spain taught them this and that the only light in Europe that was happening was the Moors in Spain in the western part of Europe and what is now Spain and Portugal but when it came out of that dark age that medieval age and it and it talked about their enlightenment their renaissance and they went out went around the world their explorations went around the world claiming everybody's stuff in the name of Spain, Portugal, France, England, Germany, Italy, you name it. They took it. They didn't come to barter. They didn't come to trade. They just took it. They had developed a, a idea of you know, divine right. You know, their God is their right to rule over others and to take people's stuff. And so, after the Civil War, their mindset was still, we're supreme. So, their core belief, and even though there's tons of information to prove otherwise, that's a plethora of information to prove otherwise, they dismiss it, they ignore it because they suffer from cognitive dissonance. Even though their acknowledgement would mean if they were just and righteous, a more harmonic, harmonic relationship on the planet where human beings can come together and look at the planet and say, this is what we need to make the planet a better place for all of us. We need to stop doing this and that. But no. They develop a system of capitalism, of greed and selfishness. So. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. These these next few years and decades you know, to see how it turns out because as Dr. Clark, one of my favorite historians of our people said, Europeans had the chance to unite the world but they chose to exploit it 
and enslave it instead. They had a religion tied to themselves to their imagery and it imposed it on the world. That religion even made us act and behave it the way that we do. You know, so. Yeah. Religion. You know, try to, to turn his phone off because all this robo calls and scam calls and all those dings and bings that you hear. <laughs> they can be quite disturbing at times, you know. But also, too, what I gave to you, the information I gave to you, you're not going to see that a lot. Um, it's just like many years ago, I read about Thanksgiving uh, in the Milwaukee Journal paper. It was a journal because it was in the green sheet. Uh, then they had two paper, they had a morning paper and an afternoon paper. And then they combined into just an evening paper. The morning paper was dismissed. And they also, when they did that, they did away with the green sheet. The green sheet hybrid, the crossword puzzles and comics and so forth. And they had serious articles. And I will never forget, they had an article about Thanksgiving that was different than the idea of sitting down with the indigenous people bringing what they could bring and, and the American people, the, the invaders, bringing what they had and so forth. No, it told a totally different story, a true depiction of what was happening at that time. So, Sometimes you can find the truth, but it depends upon what are you looking for, you know. Sometimes you can do that. So, we've got a lot of time here. And if you give us a call, you know, we can um, have some conversation. The people are on. I know the people are on right now. They always just come on and to listen. They know if you hit star twice, you can engage in conversations a few people that I I know will call and and we will engage in some kind of discussion you know but if they don't that's cool too you know it's, we'll talk you know and that's what this is a, a talk show <laughs> yeah a talk show So I'm going to um, kind of shift gears and uh, talk about um, Brother Reggie, Brother Reggie um, Jackson, and you know, because he's going to be my guest on Wednesday, and as I said, I won't have uh, another guest. I'll be gone from that uh, Friday, and I'll be gone for about another week. So, oh, okay, I did that. 
tell you. I must be brain dead. I was, I was going to look for something on the computer so I could make a comment on it. <laughs> and then I erased it. Oh, gosh. Man, oh, man. Excuse me. Man, oh, man. So sometimes, you know, um, things don't work out as planned. And also, too, there's a thing called planned obsolescence where you try something and it just doesn't happen. That doesn't just doesn't go in your favor. See, now I'm going to look for one of Reggie's um, Articles. Cause Reggie is just—he's a dynamic brother. He really is. He's dynamic, smart, smart brother. Uh, also, too, I'm gonna try my best to get brother Enjai, Ben Enjai, on the program um, as an African spiritualist. He—I think him or so in his development and growth. Since I met him back when I first got here, he's been in the service. He's been over into um, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, whatever. And but yet, he's he's a priest, a Yoruba priest. He's he's um, he reads the Medunetcha, which is called the Greek hieroglyphs. He reads that. Uh, you know, man, how did that happen? Well, I don't know how that happened. Thought I turned the damn phone off. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to get Brother Ben Enjai on the program and a few others because there's a lot of good information that's out there. And, uh, and, and I'd love to, uh, to have some dialogue. Because, you, you, you know, there's a lot of information that we don't get because of how they suppress things. And of course, now since they have um, the thing against uh, critical race theory, so the intent is is to only allow information, historical information, that is uh, favorable to Caucasians. You know, everything else, you know, they they they... They don't really want that to happen, you know. And so, but that's the information that we should be looking at. I want to thank, too, my cousin, Brother Taggart Scott, Brother Taggart. And he's, he, if, if you are on Facebook, you should try to friend my cousin, Brother Taggart Scott, T A R G G A R T S C O T T and friend him. He on a daily basis puts out good historical information, you know. And of course today being the day that it is, uh today's topic is the celebration and the origins of Memorial Day. Pretty much some information that I said to you. And of course, pictures of brothers who have um, who have been 
uh, in the service to this country. Like I said, their their brothers, we have been in every part of service to this country from the very beginning. You know, from the very beginning, and uh, the infantries, from the fact, oh, he has a piece there. Okay, brothers in World War Two. You know, so yeah. Brother, brother Taggart Scott. Yeah, we got a caller here. Three, four, seven. Three, four, seven. Good afternoon. Hey, Elsie. Hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing? What's up, man? I heard you going bye bye again for another week. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong? You don't like your day job no more, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to raise, man. I want to raise. I hear you, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to uh, going to New Orleans for our training program. Where this is, you know, we've been uh, gone for two years because of the pandemic, and now we feel it's safe enough. And the um, and the campus, the the university, Dillard University, has allowed us to return to the campus this year so um the end of june i think it was june 22nd something around there we're going to converge on Dillard university again i'm not sure of the numbers uh from what i understand the numbers are not as great as that they have been in the past that's understandable somewhat but we're going to do it and i'm, I'm well very, i'm glad i'm glad yeah. it's a black i'm glad it's a black um university they oh, not yeah. Giving that money to the cracker. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, um, hey, man, that's what's important. Yeah. Well, you know, we when we started, we started like that. You know, we said we're going to tra- have this training program and we're going to hold it uh, at a American African university or college or whatever. And so the first time when we started it, it was at FAMU down there in Tallahassee. It was at FAMU. We did the years at FAMU. Then we moved to Dillard. And then because of Katrina, we moved to Atlanta here in Atlanta to Clark College for five years and then we moved back to Dillard. You know? Yeah, I heard I heard one of my nieces is going there in September. FAMU. I hear they got a pretty decent what? Medical medical um program? Yeah, FAMU's one of the top uh schools, period, along with you know, along with um uh Spellman uh in yeah. certain areas as a top school period, not just for us. But top school period, and right, um, there. yeah, yeah. Um, I heard that there's a couple of black colleges that's starting um their own medical doctor doctor program. Oh, okay. Well, I know Meharry. yeah, Meharry, which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. For, for I mean, many that's years. what we need. You know yeah. what I mean? Since oh, we yeah. basically yeah gear them up to serve white folks anyway, so. Yeah. I don't know what to say, bro. But listen, man, I just wanted to um, holler at you right quick, man. Um, I hope you really, really enjoy your, your your trip to New Orleans. And, you know, the good thing about New Orleans is it's a curse and a blessing. You go <laughs> eat good, but you'll put on some weight, oh, man. That's cause, for sure. That's you know, for I remember sure. the last time I was in New Orleans a couple of years ago, man, that was like 10 years ago. For the um, Essence Fest. Oh, for oh, Essence man, Fest, that yeah. Pure, that was pure Negroism at its highest, man. Yeah. I mean, you ain't seen so many <laughs> brain-dead Negroes dancing, <laughs> shuffling, 
oh man, it was it was amazing. And I was right there with him, with the smile on my, with the smile on my face, man, trying to hit every spot I could um, for that for that weekend. Yeah, I came back, man. I put on like eight pounds. Well, I tell I you, was I, like, Lord have I've been, mercy. I've been blessed to go to Essence Fest myself, and um, and you know, because I mean, I've been to New Orleans so many times because of our our training program. I don't even leave the campus hardly, man. I get to to Dillard, I stay on because everything is right there. You know, the, the sleep, the food, the games, what are we going to do? Play some bid or whatever yeah. and the training program. So, you know, but what we do, I do do is at least I get out and go to a, a restaurant that is ours. And oh, you always got to go. Whenever you travel, man, one of the most important things that one should do is go to a restaurant to Mm-hmm. Be a part of that rich culture yeah. and spend money with your people, man. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Yes, um, I agree. Because we had went to um, Doogie Chase, and that was oh, before. Doogie Chase. You know, she was already famous, yeah. but it was before the media turned people on, man. Expensive, but the food was excellent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what's um, interesting, man, is it's, if you remember going to Doogie Chase, they, you know, it's in an area that is, you know, ours and it's blighted. I mean, the, those right. projects I've seen that were a block or so away were some of the worst projects I had ever seen, you know, because being from Milwaukee, roads, you know, because because being from Milwaukee, man, some of our projects looks like townhouses. I ain't buying, I ain't driving. Yeah. You know, I know, I know. Yeah. But it was definitely beautiful. Yes. But look, man, I got to run. I got a meeting in a, in a, in a, few minutes all right so i just wanted to holler at you man well, listen, please Jay. have a safe trip yeah enjoy yourself man and listen i was talking to quake cool earlier you got to give doc rogers a call man see if he'll come in and and, and sit in for you for a day or two because you know we can't oh, we can't be... get boogie woogie jones <laughs> i know to, brother jones to, don't to do want to do it i mean <laughs> you know boogie boogie woogie would be the 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 perfect comical release so if <laughs> since we can't get no comical release why don't we get some historical perspective and i agree from yeah. dr rogers man you know what so definitely give him a call and see if he I'll, could i'll do, do that a couple of days i'll do that i'll see if he can find time to maybe do like next week wednesday or so whatever yeah that's a good idea all right Jay. i'm gonna do that Sounds, okay. sounds like a plan to me oh all right all Jay, right you have a blessed day you. man you too my brother peace okay hotel <laughs> Brother Jay, New York. Yeah, yeah. I might, I, I might, I might do that. I might try, try and do that. You know, because um, Doctor Rogers' program, he he does his program on Tuesday nights, and um, and then he uh, he has another program that he basically like engineered. Uh, that is the um, the Sankofa Council of Elders on Saturday. You know that program comes out of Dr. Rogers with his, in his group. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I don't know. You know, when I first started here at uh, Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot, and uh, he had a lot more programs, and you know, some have fallen by the wayside for whatever reason. You know, but. Uh, I think it's like five years I've been on this on this forum here, 
and, and it's, it's a blessing, it really is. It's, I mean, it's better than um, the call-up of blog talk, you know, for, as far as I'm concerned, you know. And uh, I could, uh, I'm gonna, I'll continue to do this until I can't do it no more or something else happens. Because I mean, it's possible, even if I move to Africa, which I'm going to do, yes, that's right, I'm going to move to Africa. And when I do that, I could broadcast from there. I'd be like Sister Shanice. She's broadcasting. I could say I'm going to be on her program whew, five, 5 o'clock in the morning and, um, on Saturday morning. And um, so, because, you know, her, t- her time is so far ahead, five hours ahead. So I think her time is at 10 a.m., so it's 5 a.m. here. But I've gotten up to talk to the brothers and sisters in the UK many times before, so it's not a big deal. And I'm up anyway around that time, or close to that time. I don't know, about 5. <laughs> I'm usually around 6, 6.30. So, hey, it was another hour, right? Yeah. And uh, you have some dialogue with uh, Sister Shanice on her program. You know, and If there's other programs out there, I, I'm, I want to try to get um, – Brother Kitty, Brother Kitty Iwadu. I, I, I don't know if Brother Elliot gave me the right information or not. I'm quite sure he did. I don't know what happened with it. But I reached out to him and didn't get any um, response. And I'll try again. I don't be tripping. You know, I'm serious here. If I try to, you know, reach out to you, you don't get a response. I don't be thinking like, oh, you're trying to diss me or anything like that. It could be some other quirk that might have happened. I might have had the wrong letter in the email address. So. Or I can find somebody who knows him, give me a phone number. Thought I had one way back when when I met Keedy Awadu at that uh, conference in Detroit when he was the conscious roster, you know, because he had dreads. I think he's bald headed now. He's wearing his bald. He's wearing his head shaved, <laughs> and uh, you know, just a sharp brother, man. There are so many guys and 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 sisters out here but not all of them are disseminating conscious raising information there are some brothers and sisters that are going along to get along you know there's people like you know some of the negroes that we know of you know Candace Owens and stuff like that who man who have been so overwhelmed by the Caucasians that you know, they are their footstools. They are their minions. Because a lot of times, it is easy for Caucasians to send Negroes to argue. Because really, they have nothing to really stand on. Caucasians, I, I, I don't debate and argue with them because, you know, they did what they did. And I throw up the, right up in their faces is what you have done. And I know to them, the ends justify the means. Yeah. But um, also, too, um, continuing to uh, promote um, Great Pyramid K, I um, got the, that's what I'm going to be doing in New Orleans. I'm going to do that presentation aside from all the other stuff that I do there. I'm doing that presentation on ancient Kemet that has been revised, you know, 
I put the information from Great Pyramid K 2019 in there, you know, and I'm still doing some research on that. But to me, brothers and sisters, when you look at uh, the situation and you're talking about the Great Pyramid of Khufu alone, saying there's two million blocks of stone, that just is unbelievable. Two million blocks of actually they say two million three hundred thousand blocks of stone. Some just a ton or two up to twelve tons. You know? Four oh four, four oh four, good afternoon. Four oh four six nine seven. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey Hello. my sister. How are you Hello. doing, sister B? How are you? I'm blessed and enjoying your program. I got had I didn't get to click on until later because I was doing some work but I always enjoy your program and appreciate all your revolutionary work well, you know, sister, for sovereignty for our people that's right sister and, I appreciate you I thank you I, I yeah, and so, yeah. you know and I, I want to just give out and praise this is the memorial day for all of our great African heroes and ancestors who have been fighting and leading the way and have brought us this far so Ashe. I'm giving Ashe. a shout out that Memorial Day. Right on, Ashe. Yeah. Because see, that, in, in, in doing the way you're doing, we can go all the way back in the annals of our history of men and women Ashe. who, yeah, see, we can go back even to those Africans in more contemporary time who tried their best to, with all the, you know, the fact that the Europeans had this modern weaponry, you know, yeah. but they fought gallantly and valiantly anyway. Sometimes they defeated them. You know, Shaka Zulu, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Bukman. Yeah, Duty, Bukman Duty and Dessalines, Jean Jacques Dessalines. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Yeah, 1804. The Haitian Revolution of 1804. And really, you know, I I would love to get um, uh, our sister, Sister Baina on. I'll talk to her if she's still in to talk about, you know, the 1804 revolution. You know, that would be so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because it, we really need to stand, understand that historically and, and you know, why Haiti is in the shape that it is in today because of it, you know. And, right. and what And what Europeans have done to punish Haiti for doing what it did. How dare you? You know. I know, be revolutionary and win. Yeah, yeah. So, so for for those people, you know, yeah, you, you know, on today, if you get a chance to go out somewhere and cook out, beautiful, have a good time, you know, good time with family, good food, you know, so that's always beautiful. It's always good. Hope it doesn't lead to anything irrational or anything confrontational, or anything detrimental, or anything, well, I'm going to mm-hmm. leave it at that, <laughs> you know. But hopefully it's a good time, it's a memorable time, you know. And, uh, oh, Bob, Arce, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about, uh, we were talking about a lot of things, some of the people like Candace Owens and people profess, but um, what do you think about this um, this position that for, in reference to uh the having background checks before able to buy a weapon. 
Uh, I think that's valid. I think that's vitally I don't important. Think it's valid though. Go ahead. What they they're gonna do us in? They, I mean, if they who's gonna be checking the background? And I think our backgrounds would be getting systematically eliminated. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Get the guns. And they yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I understand that because I don't trust the system, and and I understand that because I know you don't either. You know, right. so because if it was a just system, a lot of these things that we're experiencing wouldn't wouldn't even be happening. You know, but it is what it is. But can, as it relates to uh, all of the gun violence that happens in this country on a daily basis, on a daily basis, because those people in Chicago, like this weekend, I'm anxious to find out in Chicago since Thursday or Friday, come tomorrow, how many people were shot in Chicago this these last four days? How many people died these last four days? Chicago has been one of the worst places in this country, particularly on the holidays, for shootings and deaths. It's just mm-hmm. crazy, but it's crazy all over, so it's not Chicago specifically. Right. It's this country because this country will not deal with the issues of guns. Their idea of the Second Amendment was that we have a right to bear arms and we have a right to buy as many weapons as we can. And we have a right, when I turn 18, to buy any weapon that I can afford. And that's the sad reality. But when the First Amendment was written, it wasn't written that way. The idea of the amendment was a, if, if there's a threat, if there is a threat, a militia would be formed and that militia would be dutifully, dutifully authorized. That means that they'll go through some kind of scrutiny and now they're authorized and they can bear arms for the protection of that area, of that state or whatever. That's what it was about. It wasn't saying that every man, woman, and child can have a gun in this country. And that's what it is. Because there is a gun for every man, woman, and child probably two or three times over, sister. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, see. That AKA, uh, it, 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 that's the one that, that the, the AKA one, that, you know, that's questionable about uh, everybody needing to have that. But, I mean, if you put it in, in, in the the pretense that you put it in, you know, if it's be, to be forming a militia against the fence, that may be right. When otherwise, you know, I, I would be in agreement with um, banning the AKA, mm-hmm. you know, the way they're just, you know, killing all the people a hundred times, but, but it's for war. So, I mean, if you want people to be armed for war. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right, sister, it is a war. We have been warred upon. And that's why for, 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 you know, but see, the problem is if, if brothers and sisters were getting arms for us to say, let's, you know, let's free ourselves or let's, you know, just like when uh, the Black Panthers, right, you know, were being vamped on by the Oakland Police Department, the Bay Area Police Departments and so forth. And they went to the state capitol in Sacramento and Ronald Reagan, who was the governor at that time, that's when they initiated gun legislation. In fact, every time, listen. See, listen. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. 
would they want to give the you know authorization for their background check? Mm-hmm. So I understand so what you're I'm saying in that respect, but that's the, that's the problem. That's the racist element of it. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying. But I, I, I'm in favor of of background checks. I'm in favor of you not being able to get a gun like that. But the bottom line is, you can get a gun. I can go get a gun right now. They right gonna now. stop black. If they, if, exactly. If they it's not going to stop. They, we ain't going. We gonna be the ones not getting the guns. Our black. Our background is because you black. That's the reason to deny you well, get a gun. But the, see, but I'm what society. I'm saying. If they get it, they gonna have all the white people. Right. But but see, what I'm saying is, we're, you can still get a gun yeah. illegally. Illegally, you can you you can do that. Right at this moment, illegally. But in terms yeah. of legal gun uh, purchase. Yeah, it may prohibit us because of our backgrounds. I agree with you. Right, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you, right, yeah. you, you, uh, uh, African freedom fighter. You, you, you can't get a gun. You can't. You, you can't. <laughs> right. You know, we won't be able to protect ourselves. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that was the see. That was the same thing with about the Panthers. I, we don't want these Negroes with all these damn guns. So we're going to institute these particular laws. Right. And then once that was done. <laughs> And and over a decade of time, then it opened up. See, mm-hmm. particularly, we don't like your background. Per- particularly for them, for them to buy as many weapons as they wanted. I knew a Caucasian hey. on the fire department. That cracker had an arsenal. He even had a See? bazooka. <laughs> what are you doing with a damn bazooka? <laughs> you know. But he was a staunch kind of like German dude. You know when they're. Those Germans are more adamant in their racism, and, and I believe he was preparing for a race war. <laughs> right. See, that's 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 what I'm seeing. Looking, seeing into that that whole mm-hmm. position that they're taking about yeah. this background check. And yeah. I believe, you know, we, we I believe in self defense. Well, uh, I believe in self defense too. I believe in self defense too. But I think that if your background is good, now if your background is not good, honestly, and, what, and that should that should prohibit any and everybody. What good is. Huh? Pardon me. What did you say? I'm sorry. I said, if your background is good, that would not prohibit you from getting or owning a gun. But if your background is not good, yeah, it would be. But that's why there are many people just like them whose background is not good. They can still purchase a weapon. Through various means, so there that and is. And arbitrary of what is good, because I think the Black Panther Party is good, but the government is say they bad and they don't. Right. Think. So it's arbitrary and it's a you know inherent racism. Right. Of course. So of that's course. Right. If they say if they say we got to judge, that that's the problem. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, my sister. Listen, you have a blessed day. Okay. Yes, you, 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 you have a blessed day too. Right. So you'll be on the all this week, but not next week. Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll be on Wednesday, and then uh, Friday I'm leaving for New Orleans, and then I'll be gone until the uh, following Monday. I'll be back. Yeah, I got this. Okay. Well, we'll listen to you on Wednesday then. All right, my then. sister. Please. So do. I think sign up for all your work. I appreciate you. Thank you, Mrs. Avia. Appreciate you more. All right. Peace to you. All right. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all 
under the feet of African people that has all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Enjoy yourself this day. Hope you enjoyed yourself this past weekend and weekends ahead. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bivahodier. Bivahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. See you on Wednesday. Peace, family. Peace.